This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced into playing the guitar because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressure to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, welcome to 2022. Right here on Guitar Talk, I'm Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for joining me for the kickoff of Season 3 of Guitar Talk. That's right. We are in Season 3. Man, we had such a good year last year. We got to talk to so many great guitar players and guitar builders and guitar techs from all over the world. It was really a great year for us. We grew by over 400% when it comes to downloads and streaming. We moved into 38 countries. We had uh, an Apple uh, Top 10 uh, podcast in nine countries. We were number one in Israel, and we maintained in the top 100 in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., all thanks to you. And so, wow, we are going to just, man, we are going to barge into 2022. We've got so much going on. You know, the best thing you can do is go to Guitar Talk Official, sign up for the newsletter so that you can stay, uh, you know, posted as to everything that's going on. One thing that you're going to notice is that the podcast is now being edited down to just 30 minutes. So it's, it's kind of difficult sometimes, you know, because there's so much great content. But in order to keep things, you know, moving along, there's some people that just like the 30 minutes, so that's what you're going to get. But you're going to be able to go to Guitar Talk Official, and you're going to sign up for Guitar Talk TV. You're going to become a member. It's a subscription base. It's all unedited content. There's a lot of exclusive stuff that's going to be on there, a lot of bonus stuff. There's going to be a lot of special segments and series that are going to take place through the course of the year. Going forward on Guitar Talk TV, we've got some new series called The Fundamental of Guitars that's starting in February. We've got The Business of Guitar uh, series that starts in March. Uh, So you're going to get tips and techniques and insight information from some of the biggest and best players from around the world. We're talking about guys like, you know, Eric Gales and Steve Vai and... Walter Trout and Joe Satriani and people like that. So, and people like my guests today, you know what? No exception kicking off 2022. We're doing it with a bang with one of my favorite guitar players that I came across for the first time last year. He was actually on the show last year, but he just released a new album. The album is called Healing Hands. His name is Marcus Demel. He is from Hamburg, Germany, and he is 
flat out one of the best guitar players that I've come across. I mean, he is one of the most well-rounded players that you will see. And what I mean by that is, is his tone is great. His phrasing is great. He has complete control over what he's doing, man. He can work the whammy. He can, you know, do volume swells. I mean, you name it, this guy is really good. I really enjoy everything that he does. And so the opportunity to sit down and talk with him is flat out amazing. He has also got a segment on the series that's launching in March on the business of guitar because he also owns a label called Triple Coil Music. Look, he doesn't just do his own music, run his own band, do his own promotion. He also designs equipment. Uh, He works with, uh, uh, he's got his own pickups. He's got his own overdrive pedals. I mean, he's he's a a guy that really, really knows this industry. And so uh, his name is Marcus Demel, as I said. I discovered him, or I came across him, I should say, through his band called The Blue Poets. Um, and his other band called Airhead. Now, the album out today is called Healing Hands. It is a solo album that's just from Marcus, and it is flat out amazing. It really is. He came out with a book that talks about all the guitars that he used on the album. So uh, this is uh, a guitar player's guitar player, if you know what I mean. So I'm really excited to have him on the program today. So, uh, wow. You know, and just so you know, this month is loaded, man. We got Eric Gale, Steve Vai, uh, Rafa Zapata from JTC is going to be on the program as well. So you're in store for some great stuff this month. So do yourself a favor. Sit down, put your feet up, get yourself a nice cool beverage. Enjoy this conversation with Marcus Demel right here. On Guitar Talk. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Marcus. How are you, buddy? This is fantastic. What is that you were holding, my friend? This is uh, 63 Strat. This is uh, this is my friend called Headhole. <laughs> um, I this was the first pre-CBS Strat that I ever bought, and if you can see close to the camera, somebody made it a nine-string. Oh wow! Um, actually, that's in my. I have a new guitar book with uh, with the guitars uh, from the album, and yeah. this is probably the best stock strat with three single coils that I've ever played. By sounding, it actually plays like shit. It's very hard to play, but <laughs> <laughs> but it has so much character, and uh, yeah, I I bought it when I was pretty poor, and it was. Uh, Partially refinished with Tipex on the sides. Okay. And it, it had some 69, it had a 69 pickguard, but uh, it it was ugly. It was ugly when I got it, but uh, I, you know, I played one note and said, okay, that's it. Got to have it. <laughs> and, and you're not a guy that typically keeps the pickups stock, don't you? I mean, you've got... No, a- those are not... I, I would have kept the pickups stock, but they were squealing. Oh, okay, okay. They're, they were beautiful sounding. Actually, um, um, one of them is working very good. The other ones, uh, the other two are just terrible. And one is way too weak, but one was sort of the model for my Blue Poet signature set with uh, Klopman. Yeah. I, 
I call it my Richie Blackmore pickup. It has very little output. It has like 5.6 kilo ohms or something. Yeah. You know, so like uh, a lot of uh, late 60s strats, I guess, have that kind of uh, have that kind of thing. Well, it was a 69 pickguard. So right. anyway, yeah. So so that's uh, that's usually my uh, that's my ballad guitar when I don't have to play many notes. If I if I if I have to play more <laughs> notes, uh, if I have to play more notes, I usually uh, yeah, I usually tend to grab the black one or. Any other of the fifty that I hear, yeah. But yeah. this is this is this is this is you know this guitar has so much character. I I bought another sixty three that plays like a dream and has the stock pickups. Uh, but all I do with that is try to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan. It just pushes me into that direction, and, and you know, and uh, I go. I do that all day. I said, okay, there, there was only one Stevie. Don't do it. Right, right. Put that guitar down. So what is it about that one? Is it the neck that's uncomfortable? Yeah, the neck is totally uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a it's a D-neck, which is only a nut width, but right here from like yeah, the seven fret, it just gets, I don't know, just uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's the worst playing strat or worst playing guitar that I own. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it refretted and uh, actually. There's there's this uh, machine uh, uh, the Plec it's called the Plec machine where you can really scan your guitar. So they uh, one company who was trying to build me a signature guitar did that with that guitar and it has even a six point one radius. Wow! So it's you know it's uh, uh, it's a manly guitar. So and I keep fairly uh, light strings on it like nine to forty six and everybody goes oh. Mm. That's kind of stiff. What is that? 10 to 52 or 11th? No, it's 9 to 46. It wow. has more tension than any other guitar. Uh, but you just plug it into, uh, you know, any amp and you play two notes and everybody goes, whoa. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I've come to really enjoy about your playing is that you just oh how, how do i phrase this how do i word this uh you have such control over the neck and you're picking it it, it means sometimes i mean sometimes it looks like it's just so finite and yet other times it's, it's really aggressive but it seems like you just have complete control over your neck so my question is is at one time did you use really heavy gauge strings Yes, I did. When I was trying to be little Stevie Ray, which is about uh, uh, 30 years ago. Yeah. I, I just quit uh, 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 a Musicians Institute in L.A. And, and at that time at Musicians Institute, I had, you know, I went to the very technical fusion phase and I even tried to play some Holdsworth and uh, with super light strings flat action, Charvel type guitars and uh, uh, super strats. And then after school, it was kind of, uh, you know, get rid of all this face. So uh, there's this uh, footage of Stevie Ray, Life at the Elma Combo, which mm. you probably know, mm -hmm. which I think it's from the early eighties. He wasn't well known It's the small club, you know? Yeah. 80 people or something and he's completely killing it 
Yeah. So yeah. of course, and that was the time around the time I, I got my first real Fender American vintage uh, reissue Strat, the black one. So the first thing I did, I put 12s on it. Yeah. And tuned down. And, and all I did, because I was completely out of work, <laughs> I, but I had a v, VHS uh, uh, player in my little apartment in Hollywood. So, so I jammed to that uh, VHS for about four or five hours a day. Wow. wow. I just did everything. You know, <laughs> my neighbors hated me, you know, yeah. because uh, I own only a little uh, uh, Princeton, but I turned it up all the way, plugged the cord in it, and the 12 gauge string. <laughs> but no, but, but uh, now for my, I came to realize that um, there's uh, the the light gauge strings actually sound better for my kind of playing. That uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you have to sort of watch it, and uh, especially with the height of the pickups. If they're too high, the tone just freaks out because of the magnetic field. But uh, uh, so I usually use nine to forty-six or ten to forty-six, uh, or something like that. I don't yeah. try to kill myself. Plus, I you know I had everything, everything except carpal uh, tunnel syndrome. I had everything. So so uh, I watch it. Yeah, yeah. But did you find uh, you know after spending some time with the the heavier strings? that when you went back to the lighter strings, you had far more control over what you were doing than before you went to the heavy strings? No, no, no? actually, I couldn't play at all. Okay. I think the, I think the, I think all the players out there, uh, it's all in the head. You just have to adapt to the instrument. I think uh, if, you, if you're just used to play with 12s or 13s, after three months, it's not a big deal. If you mm. used to play with eights, you know, it's not a big deal. No. Uh, and uh, I also don't believe in that uh, uh, that thing that big strings make a big sound. Yeah. They're louder, but for thin string has more sustain. Yeah. You know, there's a more liquid quality about it, which is for my style that where I don't practice Stevie Ray or Gary Moore or anything anymore. Uh, well, actually, I was practicing Charlie Christian last night uh, because I uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's Christmas, and uh, and uh, yeah, so so I, I you know I just tend to use these nine to forty six strings, and I I like that balance. But what's even more important uh, regarding to sound is the string height. So. Yeah. It's no problem with my guitars to play bottleneck with it. <laughs> right, right, right. You got to, you got to grab. And, and you're, you know, I know from the last time we talked, you know, you're a guy that also likes to use a scallop fretboard at times. Sometimes, some, sometimes, uh, uh, but, but I, I find it kind of difficult to switch between a non-scalloped and a scalloped fretboard. Yeah. So I have four scalloped guitars. I even have a scallop 335, which some people think it's crazy, but uh, that was from my, that was from my John McLaughlin electric uh, phase period, which in the late seventies, he played a scallop 335 and I saw that on, and I did it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the luthier and said, save the guitar, save the guitar. <laughs> I did it also with an acoustic and I have two scallop strats. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But, but, and, and usually I do that with the scalloping now if the guitar doesn't sound great. 
They, yeah. uh, uh, but for some kind of reason, I want to keep the guitar, so I scale up them. Yeah. But usually, I just use very high frets. Right, right. So you know, uh, the last time we we talked, you know, we were kind of in the middle of this whole shutdown pandemic thing, and uh, you know, you you kind of amazed me in the fact that you know you were just a guy plowing ahead, just trying to keep doing business, and then all of a sudden, bam, you came out with this, and just absolutely blew me away, Marcus. This is a great, great CD. I mean, oh, thank it, you. It is. So, so tell me what went into this. I mean, Healing Hands, it's an instrumental, you know, it's just, uh, it's just flat out. I mean, superb. Uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Second of all, it, um, it was Friday the 13th. We had a show with the Blue Poets and, I got, and it got canceled early in the morning. So um, I was depressed for about half an hour. Because I knew um, that I had at least one year off. I knew it. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be two years because we have a second lockdown here in Germany right now, or most of Europe. So everything's got canceled again. Yeah. So it's been 20 months since I've been on stage, which is strange. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I think I did like 1,500 shows in my life so far, and I've never went... Uh, such a long time without a show. But anyway, um, I'm in a very privileged situation because I have my little studio at home, you know? Mm-hmm. I have many am- beautiful amplifiers and I have many beautiful guitars, so I have no excuses or whatsoever, you know? And the good thing, because it, everybody was kind of hopeless and I, I think I've lost about... 50 shows. I think I had also a, a, a clinic tour throughout Europe with 20 dates and 30 Blue Poet dates. Uh, I said, you know, we're not making any more money uh, because of streaming. And so just do the kind of record that's natural to you. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, it was great. I was really in a candy store. I mean, really, it was, I, I went on a digital diet, first of all, (laughs) you know, which is sometimes it's important. Sometimes it's important, especially when, you know, you probably know that when you get hate comments and stuff like that, I'm used to it, but, but every once in a while it, uh, it bugs you. So I just went down there every morning, 10 o'clock with too much coffee. And I came out at eight o'clock at night. That's it. And I walked the dog. And I did that from March 13th till the end of December. And then we mixed the record January and February 21. It took a long time because I'm a pain in the ass as a producer. And I also did rough mixes uh, myself, uh, uh, which uh, it's good that I didn't release them because everybody goes, hey, that sounds great. Save the money, save the money on the mixing. Uh, but we mixed analog too. So, you know, if you mess up a mix, if you're too late with that fader, whatever, you know, so that's the whole thing. And it's just, uh, without sounding too pathetic, it's just love for music. It's just, don't think about anything. And, you know, I'm not in this business, uh, for, uh, because I want to be famous or I want to, you know, be the, 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 the hottest guy in town. I just, I just want to play. 
It's the first thing in the morning when I wake up, I want to play or I, I want to write something or sit in the studio or maybe even work on a drum beat or whatever. Try to play some bass and uh, work out a chord progression, anything. And uh, uh, so I had the time. I had the time. So 2020 was actually, I hate to say it, and I'm sorry and I apologize. Uh, it was a good year for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> You know, I think I think some people found that out, you know, uh, I mean, although it was it was bad in the sense that, you know, a lot of people didn't get to play and venues closed and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, which is not good. But at, on the other hand, there was actually quite a bit of great music that came out in 2021 because, yes. you know, people that's what they were. You know, that was their outlet. That's how they stayed in front of people. And so there was a lot of great music. In my opinion, anyway, there was a lot of great music. That yeah, came, absolutely. You know, and so, you know, what what happens, you know, when this when this eventually blows over, whatever year that is, you know, how's might, the situation in the States right now? How is your situation? You know, it's different wherever you go. You know, it depends. You know, you know, we've got this, you know, not to go into it. But we've got this divide in our country between blue and red. You know what I mean? I know that. I know that. And uh, and it depends on where you go, what the situation is. Like you can go to, you can play every day of the week in Florida, or every day of the week in Texas, right. in some other places. But then you go to New York City or Los Angeles. You know, Chicago is is uh, you know like Buddy Guys opened up for a little while. Somebody got tested positive. Then they shut buddy guys down again. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of like a reoccurring thing in certain states and certain areas. And, yeah. but there's still, there's still people playing. I mean, there's things open yeah. and people playing, but it's, it's nothing like it, you know, yeah. was 18 or 19, you know, before this all hit, but there's big tours. I mean, you know, Toto's touring with journey. And I mean, there's, you know, there's things yeah. like, still taking place but because of the heavy restrictions that are going on i think that it's really limiting the amount of people that are actually coming out i i've had dates canceled simply because of the restrictions and theaters don't okay. want to take the risk of only filling half the theater you know because they lose money you know mm -hmm. and so okay it's just kind of you know I think it's that way. It's crazy all over the world still. It know? is. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know what? The, the, the good thing is, is that, you know, we've got great music still coming out, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and people like yourself and other players that continue to, to put out videos and, you know, do live streams and things yes. of that nature. I mean, that just keeps people engaged and, uh, you know, those are good outlets for a lot of people. So, you know, hats off to everybody like yourself that continues to do okay. that. Well, hats off to you keeping, you know, you're doing a lot for the guitar community. Yeah, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, but it, but anyway, you know, this is this is a, I don't want to say it's a departure for you because, you know, uh, but this is your first instrumental album, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Uh, um, the first uh, three Arrowhead CDs, uh, the first one was in 98, when I was a very, when I was almost a boy. Um, <laughs> there was, there were actually my solo projects, but I, 
I thought Marcus Demmel is just not a cool name. And also was a arrowhead was the excuse of mixing different styles. So uh, in the beginning, it was a lot more electronic drum beats and synthesizers and strange guitar sounds sometimes, you know, I was yeah. doing weird things. Uh, but the first three ones uh, are almost instrumental. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. So, but it's the first one under my own name, so to speak. But actually, it's album number 10. Well, yeah. actually, if you, I had an ambient group before that, uh, two albums uh, Thoughts, Earth Nation Thoughts and Past Future, and a live album from the, from the Montreux uh, Jazz Festival. So it's actually number, number 12. But, you know, it's, I, I'm very happy with this CD and I'm actually amazed. Uh, it's doing really well. I, you know, yeah. it's it's doing better than the Blue Poets. Yeah. Know, which, which uh, if I would be an A&R guy, even though I own my own label, I wouldn't say that. Who's singing? You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> she is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know, you know, there's people that, that you know, they, they have a hard time getting into the instrumental stuff, but... You know, there's so many people like myself that just absolutely love the guitar, you know, yeah. and when you get an opportunity to hear something brilliant, you know, you, you really appreciate it. So, you know, I, I guess that the plan is, is that if things open up for you, are you going to tour this album or are you just going to move on and maybe do a song or two at a show? I'm, I don't know because people were making plans now for spring to go on tour. And I was thinking of doing another Blue Poets tour starting in April, but thank God I didn't do it. Otherwise I would be bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would love to play this live, but I'm not, uh, you know, I have super world-class musicians like Ralph Guska uh, who played for free on the record. He's like the European Vinnie Colaiuta, you know? I yeah. mean, that's the, or aren't guys that he's, I think, you know, every, every bass, every bass track uh, took him like, I don't know, five minutes without ever hearing the song. Wow. You know? So, so these, these are like high, high profile players. Yeah. I don't know if I could get them for the shows. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not all in Hamburg. So I don't know, but I would love to tour it. I would love to tour, you know, maybe, you know, play Montreal Jazz Festival or I don't know, play, come to the States. Uh, I, I've been people contacting me from uh, Japan. Uh, um, you know, I think if the, the, the COVID thing finally is over, there will be some chances. You know, yeah. you just need the right location, the, the right, the right moment to present that kind of music. It's not something I've, I don't think it's something for a smoky blues bar. Yeah, no, no, no. You no, do you, do you know Jimmy Wallace from Wallace Guitars in Dallas, Texas? Uh, I've heard the name, but I don't know who he is. All right. I need to get put you in contact with him. He he's yeah. the one who hosts the Dallas International Guitar Festival. Oh, okay. Which is a three day yeah, something like that. Something like actually, I was supposed to come to the NAM show uh, 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 this year. <laughs> you know, to the Winter NAM in LA. You know, it would be would be great uh, uh, if you if you get a you know get a gig in a closed booth, not outside so, something something like that. I but 
I've learned something. It's the, we don't need to make plans at the moment. The only thing, you know, the yeah. only plan that I have is hopefully get a little bit better, you know, and write better songs and, and, uh, you know, and market them, which I have to do so I, I can pay the bills. <laughs> From an outside perspective, how the hell are you ever going to do that? <laughs> well, I appreciate it. The album is amazing. I absolutely love it. And I appreciate any time I get to spend with you because it's oh, a Thank you so very much. All right. So you take care of yourself and stay safe, my friend. You too. And get, um, you know, have a good start in 2022. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. That's Marcus Demel. The name of his new album is Healing Hands. You can go to marcusdemel.com or triplecoilmusic.com. Make sure you're following him on social media. Pick up a copy of his new album and his new book that talks about the guitars that he used on the album. You're not going to regret it. I can promise you that. I want to thank Marcus so much for participating in this. Now, next week, Rafa Zapata from uh, Colombia, South America, is going to be on the program. He is a JTC, which is Jam Track Central. He is a JTC guitarist. And uh, <laughs> I tell you what, man, there are so many great players around the globe, man, just tucked away that I have just absolutely loved coming to know. And so Rafa is going to be on the program next week. You're going to love it. He's a great, great player. I know he's working on some new material himself right now. You can always follow him on Facebook as well. Also coming this month, uh, in two weeks, we got Eric Gales on the program, and then the last uh, Wednesday of this month, we've got the one and only Steve Vai. We're talking about his new album. We're talking about the Vi Academy, which is getting ready to come up in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's all going on. So you want to make sure you tune in, go to Guitar Talk Official, sign up for our newsletter, and I will see you right back here next Wednesday on Guitar Talk. Take care, y'all.